Welcome to our new season of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today, my guest is the Right Honourable Justine Greening, who was Secretary of State for Education and Minister for Women and Equalities from July 2016 to January 2018. Um, she has also served as the Economic Secretary to the Treasury, and that was between 2010 and 2011, Secretary of State for Transport, Secretary of State for International Development, and she is a member of the Conservative Party. She was a member of Parliament for Putney from 2005 to 2019. Now, that is a bit of a timeline but thanks for joining me today Justine can we start by you telling us all how your career kind of took you to the role that you have today well it's it's like most careers Grace where you start isn't necessarily where you end at all and so whatever plans you've got generally they don't kind of work out in the way that you expect and so I started as a finance person so I went to university I became an accountant trained at PricewaterhouseCoopers and then I was always doing stuff in my community. And so one thing led to another. I ended up becoming a local councillor. And somebody said to me, have you thought about being an MP? And I hadn't really, because no one in my family was involved in politics. But I thought, well, I thought I'd give it a go. I'll be a parliamentary candidate and try and do something positive. So that's what I did. And I ended up getting elected and becoming an MP, which I really loved. Um, and then I decided in 2019 to stand down. I felt like I needed to have a different challenge. And so I decided to pursue something that I really care about anyway within politics. And it's sort of driven me in politics, which was social mobility. So I spend my time now um, working with lots of really different employers and universities about how we can work together to help connect more young people in particular up with more Brilliant. opportunities. Great. So when you were at school, was there any particular subjects that you enjoyed? And did you know what you wanted to do or be? Or did that happen, say, later on in life? I had no idea what I wanted to be. I did find when I did A-levels that I had subject economics that I loved. I think up until then, there were things I was interested in, like languages, maybe. And I quite like maths. But I wouldn't say I was passionate about it. But I loved economics. Um, Mm -hmm. But even when I got to the end of university, I wasn't really sure what to do. So I thought, well, I'll get another qualification, which is I'll qualify to be an accountant because I was good at maths and I wanted to do business of some sort. So I thought that would be a good career to help me find out a bit more about business. Um, But no, I I don't think I worked out what I really wanted to do until a lot later. Okay. Now, I know that you went to the University of Southampton. However, how important do you think it actually is to go to university, especially with, you know, apprenticeships, graduate schemes, um, loads of different things that now companies offer young people? I think what's really good is there's loads more choice. And so everybody wants to follow different routes. And for me, university, I thought was well, it's transformational because I hadn't really left Rotherham and South Yorkshire much where I grew up before. So I went to Southampton. It was a completely different part of the country. I did an economics degree, so I got to study what I really loved. And I met some really, really different people. And I think because I probably didn't know what I wanted to do, it was a really important time for me to start to find that out, grow up a lot, meet some new people um, and really develop. 
I think it would have been hard for me to do an apprenticeship, actually, because I just didn't know what I would have done an apprenticeship in. Um, but I think there are other people who have a much clearer sense earlier than I did about where their interest lies. And I think for them, doing an apprenticeship now is just a fantastic potential route. So, yeah, university was my choice and it was absolutely brilliant. But I guess for other people, there's different paths. Of course, you know, especially with even the different type of career that you want to go into. It's like doctors, scientists, of course, they have to, you know, go to university. But I agree, there's definitely a wider range of options for jobs that perhaps it's not mandatory for an degree to be had. Exactly. Exactly. So there's lots of choice now. So the world is changing so much and also quite quickly at the same time. So perhaps what do you think work for women may look like in 10 years time? And also what do you hope it may look like? I think it's a really important question because obviously we make up half the population. So if work doesn't work for us, then that's a big problem for everyone. So I think what's happening is there's a lot more flexibility at work now, not just in terms of when you're at work, but how you work. And I think that's really good for women. Um, the reality is that often um, because we're we're the ones that have children um, ourselves, <laughs> you know, that matters, I think, for women and being able to carry on with their careers. And then I think there's another area that's going to change a lot which is the menopause, and that's when obviously women stop being able to have children, but it's a big change for women's bodies again. And so there's a lot more, I think, that companies will start doing to make sure that your career can keep going when you get into your 40s and 50s, and and that really matters. Yeah. So as part of our Reach Next Gen summits, we look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from the black and minority communities. Do you think as a society we're seeing more quality and perhaps, you know, even in politics and your area of work? I think we're doing better, but we've really got a very long way to go. And, you know, if you look even in leadership positions in top companies, there's nowhere near enough representation of um, people from more ethnic minority backgrounds. And that really has to change. I think we've done a lot focusing on gender. In the last 10 to 15 years, we really need to up our game on making sure that we've got a very diverse workforce. So there's a lot further to go. And and I hope that with a lot more focus, we'll make sure we really do widen up opportunities to more people. Yeah, of course. So throughout your career, have you had any mentors or has there been anyone that you either admire or has maybe inspired you? Do you know, I was thinking, actually, I, I'm not sure, Grace, that I've had any mentors. I could try okay. and pretend that I had. But I think um, I think one of the challenges a lot of people have is I, was, I grew up in a family where neither of my parents really had a career. So it's not like they could give me loads of advice on what to do. And I think because of that, I probably became really self-reliant. Um, and I think that can be a good thing. But I also don't think it's a totally good thing. Because I think it meant that sometimes I didn't reach for help from other people when I should have done. I should have asked people what their advice was. And instead, I was always thinking I've got to work through this problem Mm. all on my own. So I think I could have had mentors if I'd really thought about asking people. But I think I didn't ask enough. So the people I really respect and admire are people who I have worked with, like Kristalina Gorgieva. She runs the IMF now, the International Monetary Fund. And... People like that I found really impressive. 
um, she's probably somebody I should have asked to be a mentor. But no, so um, I didn't have many mentors, actually, and I probably okay. should have had more. Yeah, well, I think mentors are just such a great opportunity to definitely learn a lot more, you know, especially if there's someone that's maybe higher up than you, even maybe less in the ranks um just getting a different kind of view on something i think it definitely could widen your perspectives on something which is always something that's great that's right and i think just knowing that having a mentor is good is yeah probably the thing that nobody actually told me so my advice now would be just reach out even if it's to your friends to your family to other people who you know and respect they'll always probably have a, a really good point of view that can help you work out where to go next yeah, I think that's great advice. Now, with our summits, we like to tell the girls that they can do it. And that's kind of our main message. I can do it. Because, of course, they can. Whatever they want to do, of course they can. So is there anything that you thought that you perhaps couldn't do that you have managed to do? Oh, God, so many things, Grace, actually. I think there's a lot of things you start off thinking, oh, will I ever be able to do that? But you can. And I remember... When I first ran for Parliament, a really close family member of mine said, do you think you're up to it, Justine? And I remember thinking, it's a good question. Um, Maybe I'm not. But then I just thought, why shouldn't I? Um, And in the end, I did run for Parliament and I did get elected. And I think probably I never thought I'd get into the Cabinet and be in a really senior role. And yet I was able to. So I think what... I was the very first Secretary of State for Education that was educated at a comprehensive school. (laughs) So I think what it shows is maybe not to worry too much about whether or not you can do something. Give it a go, because you'll probably find that you can. And the other thing I found was that whereas I would sometimes really worry about whether I could do something, could I do it really well or not? I'd see that other people just threw themselves into it and they just try. And so I think the other point for me was just get on with things. Don't ask why should I do something. Ask why not. Run towards those opportunities, even if you think it might be something you don't really like to do. You might find that you're completely wrong about that. And there have been I I can remember one role I got in politics that I really thought wouldn't suit me at all. And yet actually it was the most inspiring role that I did. I love being development secretary. And yet, actually, when I started out, I wasn't sure whether I'd enjoy it at all. And, and yet, it really changed me for the better as a person. So, yeah, just get on with things. Don't worry about things too much. Do 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 your best, and that's probably going to be more than good enough. <laughs> now, I know, you know, whether you're in school, university, or in work, we all have very busy lives. So how would you say you maintain a good work-life balance and also do you have any tips for people listening i think my biggest tip would be know know yourself keep an eye on yourself because i now know that um my dad always used to say my biggest problem was that i liked what i was doing too much and i thought (laughs) it was a really shrewd information observation because what he meant was i really get into stuff grace so once i'm in it then I'll, i'll want to keep doing it and so I think it's it's easy when you're really enjoying something to sort of always forget everything else. So I think if you know you're like that, then you need to find other things that are going to feel like you want to stop working to do them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so try and find a balance. And for some people, that's time. Maybe they say, right, I'm not going to work after this time. For other people, that's making sure they see their friends and, and, and actually getting that in the diary. And I would say my other tip is really the busier you get, the more organized and conscious you have to be about finding time. But for everyone else. So, yeah, just just try and be a bit organized, but don't beat yourself up if you're not totally organized because no one's totally organized. They might say they are, but they never really are. Yeah, I think that's some great tips. And I'm sure the people listening will definitely keep that in mind, you know, as they progress, because life gets busier, the older you get. (laughs) Now, okay. hypothetically, if you could work with, say, three people in your team day to day that, you know, they can be alive, they can be they could have passed away. Who would you choose and why? Ooh, that's really interesting. Three people that I could work with. Hmm. I think I think I definitely I definitely go back to Kristalina Gorgieva, who runs the IMF. I think she's absolutely fantastic I loved working with her when I was development secretary mm-hmm. I think I might I might I think I might go back and work with Emmeline Pankhurst actually okay. yeah she she's brilliant on gender I definitely definitely want to to buddy up with her and then I think I might work with someone brilliant on on equality of opportunity, like Martin Luther King, or or maybe even back here. I don't know. I'd have to have a think about a third person, but it would be people who I felt I uh, were on the same page as me on values and what they cared about. Yeah, I think there's some great people. I think they definitely keep the the job interesting. I think maybe Nelson Mandela would be good at keeping you really grounded. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm back to your question on getting too busy. He'd be the kind of person who would tell you things were basically okay and to keep the big picture in mind. I think we all need someone like that. Actually, I guess the clue is pick different people. So pick a good team because no one's going to bring everything to the party. Obviously. I mean, loads of people have different experiences. And as you said, everyone brings something and everything's valuable. And maybe you don't want a whole load of people that are all going to agree with you. Maybe you want mm. somebody who are going to, some people who are going to say, actually, I've got a different view, Justine. But I'd probably, I'd probably pick some people who are going to be disruptors so that, that we kind of kept us thinking the whole time. Definitely. Now, what would you say are your non-negotiables? So just the things that you don't compromise on in both your personal and your professional life. Hmm. I think I, my non-negotiables I think it's probably about I think I like to work with people who feel as passionate as I do about doing a good job and you know trying to make a difference on their own terms and I genuinely believe this phrase of talent spread evenly opportunity is not and I think you either believe that or you don't and I, I certainly do so I think if I've got One thing that I really feel like has to be important for people I work with is that they have to genuinely believe that talent really is spread everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think it's easy to say, but not necessarily act on. And whereas I like people who act on that. Yeah. 
Now, before we go, can you just tell us a little bit about This Is Purpose and your role in that too? So what I so so what we've done, This Is Purpose leads a, a group of businesses and employers and universities that's called the Purpose Coalition. And they're all campaigning together on social mobility and equality of opportunity. And so imagine all the work that lots of employers are doing on sustainability, Grace. And you ask them, well, what are you doing to make sure that you prioritize the planet and sustainability? And they can tell you everything that they're doing. We're, we're asking all these all these really different organizations to do the same thing for people. So okay. what are you doing to really have an impact on equality of opportunity? And we want as many employers involved as possible on that, because I think that's how we'll really shift the dial. Definitely. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Justine. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their career and future, too. Well, I hope so, it'd be helpful. <laughs> So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And more details about us will be at reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our partners and sponsors, Experian, Barclays, Domestic in General, Staffline and the Ardonna Group. (laughs) 